It's time for a conversation with NFL Network's Charles Davis. Brought to you by Premier Golf Centers. Now with Charles Davis, here's Jason Puckett and the Gas Man. And welcome into a glorious Wednesday morning. Puck and the Gas Man from the Carter Volkswagen Studio. We welcome to the show for his weekly visit. Brought to you by Premier Golf. 12 great locations around the Seattle area, Premier Golf. Visit them today. Go to the home track I go to, right up to the street here, 15th Avenue, Interbates. Wonderful ball-hitting center, great burger, great beers, yeah, yeah. great putting surface, great practice area. Were you aware that, that when Charles Davis walks through an airport, he has a band marching behind him playing this music? Yes, he has it all the time. Yeah. He just follows him. Just because he, he carries yeah. himself in that manner, that he yeah. needs music like this to announce that somebody important is coming down the walkway. Charles uh, joins us uh, from the NFL Network, also Fox Sports. He'll be on the all-day coverage tomorrow on the uh, NFL Network, breaking in the next, uh, the next few days, Thursday, Friday, and Saturday. Charles, do you have? would you like to have a band playing behind you as you walk through the airport? I, I'm actually okay without it because <laughs> while that was a very nice tribute, I have a feeling that the band that would be played behind me would be the one that was 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 doing Vito Andolini's funeral in The Godfather <laughs> and playing a playing a dirge like that as opposed to some really nice raucous music. So I, I don't think I really want that. Oh, come on, you know, wait, no, wait a minute. In all honesty, if we could arrange for a band to walk behind you and play that almost that almost like Darth Vader entry uh, music because you're walking and everybody be going, who is yeah. that guy? I don't know who that guy is, but he's somebody important. If he's got a band playing music behind him. As long as they say, "Oh my God, be careful!" That's the Andalini kid, and you know what happened, and you know how, he, and you know how he grew up. Because you remember that was that was his brother that they were they were laying down at that point. That's right, right. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. And so and so the brother and the dad had had died, and, you know. And you remember when she begged for mercy for his life with with the, with the Don, he was like, "No, I see that look in his eye." One day he's going to come back and want to kill me, so he's going down. And it turned out Don was exactly correct, wasn't he? Oh, so, I love it. Charm family. Yes, Charles Davis from the NFL Network joining us here on the Beacon Plumbing Hotline. All right, Charles, I'm looking at Charles Davis Mock Draft 3.0. And before oh, I – yeah, it's finally, it's finally out. Yeah. Yay. It's there. Um, I don't know how much this is, is different from uh, the 1.0 and 2.0, but you got Sam Darnold oh, going different. number one to the Cleveland Browns. You don't buy you don't buy into the smokescreen the hype that Baker Mayfield who's grabbing his crotch all over the field may be the number 1 pick for the Browns. Listen, we're all guessing at this point yes. anyway. And unless we have the absolute inside information and I believe firmly that John Dorsey the GM of Cleveland, he's known for a few days who he's decided to take. And I'll bet he shared that with maybe the owner and probably not much outside of that. Information just moves too fast. There's just no getting around it. And I said this for many, many years, and I don't think it's an original thought, but it's one I've got more conviction about than almost anything else. People love being insiders because it allows them to tell things to people that those people didn't know, and they get to lord it over them. That's why no one keeps a secret. Okay, right. I mean, I've got this information. I can't share it with anyone. It's like with Monica Lewinsky gave her a great interview, I think it was Diane Sawyer, and said, I told 10 people that I was having an affair with the president. And Diane Sawyer went, 10? And she goes, well, for me, that wasn't very many. <laughs> I mean, that, that tells you what we're like as, as, as human beings. Yeah. So I think Dorsey is sitting right there. Now, whether he, whether he chooses the guy that I predict, Sam Darnold, or whether he takes Mayfield or Allen remains to be seen. But I've just decided I'm not going to listen to everything that's out there right now. I have a feeling it's Darnold, and I decided to go with it. 
it'll be interesting to see whatever Cleveland does with two of the top four picks because, you know, I, I there's a side of me that wants to feel sorry for whoever they take. I mean, they're both going to make good money and they're going to be living out their dream of playing in the NFL. But, geez, you know, again and again and again, this franchise just keeps spinning its wheels. You've got to wonder if, if this is going to be what finally kind of puts them, you know, not even over the hump, but just gets them moving a little bit with two of the, the top four players. I mean, how does a guy, how do you think a guy, if it's Darnold or new, no matter who it is, how does that first choice feel that day? On, on the one hand, you're the number one pick in the draft. On the other hand, you're going to a team that can't do anything right. Yeah, that's a good point. And I think here's how I think that they feel, all right, without being inside their, their head. I think that they feel like this is absolutely the greatest day of my life. This is the greatest honor I've had to be the number one draft in the NFL. I will always have that. And, by the way, you're darn right you got me because this winning is about to commence. Yeah, I'm, I'm going to be the guy. With, yes, these kids come into it with the ultimate optimism. They haven't been jaded yet like the rest of us have, all right? These kids haven't lived through what the Browns have lived through since they've been an expansion team and back in the league. They haven't lived through They haven't gone through all that. You have to have that kind of an ego, let's face it, to do what we do, right? Just think about it. Every day we go out there and we pop our chops and we put ourselves on the line and we get, you know, some people say some nice things to us on Twitter. And a lot of people tell us how stupid and loud and arrogant and brash we are and, and don't want to hear the sound of our voices anymore. That's the way of the world. But you come back every day and you do it because you believe in yourself and you believe in what you're doing. That's how these kids feel. Now, the rest of us are going, oh, boy, <laughs> that could be the beginning of the end of his career right there. He doesn't know it. He doesn't care. He thinks that he's going to go out there and change it all up and go in the huddle the first time and go, guess what, guys? We're taking downfield 90 yards. We'll get a touchdown, and the Browns are on a new path, <laughs> and that's the way they're supposed to feel. Right. Charles, just look at the rest just of the top five. So you have three quarterbacks going in the top five, Darnold to the Browns, Baker Mayfield three to the Jets. I, I love Baker Mayfield going to New York. I think that would be fantastic. And then Josh Rosen. Number five uh, to the Denver Broncos. A, a lot has been played uh, in the last, you know, twenty-four hours on your network. Uh, the interview yeah. that uh, that Josh Rosen did. That and some would say, boy, he was he was defiant. He was cocky. He was arrogant. Some people love that, love that about him. Others are like, man, he is really he's kind of putting himself out there, and I don't like that look for my CEO of my football team. His interview um, that he did the other day. Uh, how did you read that? I read it that it was authentic. That's who he is. And you're just going to have to, you know, your team and your organization are going to know that. And that's what you're going to draft based off of it all. Remember this. Let's go back because I'm 53. Okay. Well, you look like you're 32 for crying out loud. God God bless you. And and, and you can say that all day long. (laughs) And if you want to put a band behind me that that, that plays it, I, you know. Now he's coming around. Now he wants the band. I say say now we take the band. Okay. Mm -hmm. But anyway. Go back to to the history of quarterbacks. You've had them in all shapes and forms and personalities. Mm -hmm. Namus guarantee didn't just emerge where he just woke up one day. He always had that brashness, that cockiness to him. I remember reading about his first press conference when when he got hired, when he got signed by the Jets and Sonny Werblin. And someone said, Joe, Joe, understand that you got a brand new Cadillac, a brand new black Cadillac as part of your deal. He goes, nah, I didn't. And they're like, what? He goes, no, it's green, jet green. (laughs) And so these guys who have that in them, that's just who they are. The idea that Josh Rosen needs needs to change, well, (laughs) maybe you want him to tone down some of what he says to the media and all, but he has to be who he is. He has to be authentic, and you have to work through that. 
And I gave them to Denver partly because, obviously, they haven't solved the quarterback issue, even though they've signed Case Keenum. I think Case Keenum is more of a bridge than he is a, an absolute future. But when they've done their best winning, they've had strong personalities at quarterback. John Elway is not exactly a shrinking violet, okay? Mm-hmm. Peyton Manning, that's a pretty strong personality at quarterback. And now you bring in this kid. I think this organization understands it. I think the city gets these guys for the most part, and and they need that kind of a kid. So that's kind of where I went. So I'm not too worried about that part of it. I worry more about his medical. I worry more that he didn't finish two seasons due to injury. Okay? Those sorts of things are things that I'm more concerned about with Josh Rosen. What What's uh, Elway's relationship with Manning now? Have they stayed close? I, I, can't, I couldn't tell you. Mm-hmm. I would have a hard time thinking that they wouldn't. Right. My understanding is that Peyton and his family still live in the Denver area. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I think that he still has great ties with the Broncos organization. It'd be a shock to me to find out otherwise. Because they're, they're and you know where I'm going with this, whoever they take at five, if it's a quarterback, you'd be stepping into a situation where there's John Elway, there's Peyton Manning right there to help <laughs> you. I mean, I mean, if you've got the natural talent that we think all five of mm-hmm. these guys have, what a dream situation to land in for a quarterback to it think, is. God, I can have these two guys teaching me. How perfect will that be? It is if that quarterback is willing to listen. Right. And and, and, I, and here's my 53-year-old version talking now, not my optimistic just got drafted for number one quarterback talking, okay? Seen it too many times. In Orlando, when Penny Hardaway, Shaq, remember that team? Mm-hmm. They brought in Julius Irving, the doctor, for us. We're like, oh, my God, they brought Julius Irving into the front office. <laughs> you know what the doctor was charged with? Teaching these youngsters how to be pros. Tell them all about it, you know, whether he's putting together a manual, just talking to them every day, giving them some wisdom, the whole deal. Do you know those cats didn't even want to talk to the doctor? Mm. Huh. Ah, what do I need yeah, from this guy? Kind of- your, your, your time's passed, brother. I really, you can't tell me. That's the 1970s, man. Okay, now I'm, probably, I'm going over the top. But the truth of the matter is that just did not work out. And that was mainly the players kind of going, ah, you know, that sort of thing. So those kids who are willing to listen, learn, take that knowledge on, it's all there for them. But there's no guarantee that you get that. And I'm not pointing a finger at any young kid. I'm just saying. We talk about the younger generation all the time. At one point, we were the younger generation. Did we always listen when we should have? Did we always take in the knowledge we should have? Do we have regrets? I'll just speak for me. There's times that I wish I'd listened more, mainly to, you know, hey, this is how it's going to be. This is how it's going to go. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah, boy, you were right about that. I think I was very good about listening to my elders, though, and following the path and seeing what they had done before. I think that part I did well. Sometimes I didn't quite believe certain things because you have such a strong belief in, in youth and yourself. They've got to find out if these kids want to do that because that would be a great tool and a great resource to sit and learn from, that's for sure. Charles Davis, our guest from the NFL Network. You're going to see him on your on your television tube uh, tomorrow, Friday, and Saturday, all-day coverage on the NFL Network. He joins on the Beacon Plumbing Hotline. His appearance weekly brought to you by uh, Premier Golf. All right, at uh, number 18, if the Seahawks keep it, and they stay there, but yeah. we, we all assume in this city they're going to trade out, you have, uh, you have them selecting a cornerback, Josh Jackson, uh, out of Iowa, when when you read the profile on him, he seems like the absolute perfect fit uh, for Seattle. Yeah, just by how they've played and, and look at the profile of guys that they've had who have done very well there in recent years with the Legion of Boom. Richard Sherman was never going to beat you in a flat-out sprint race. That wasn't his thing. 
Richard didn't take any false steps because he was such a student of what was going on out there. And I think sometimes I got lost about what he did. I remember watching him practice. And I just I wrote it down, and, and I still got it in my notes somewhere. He takes very, very few false steps, okay? And that's a big part of playing the position is understanding what they can do to you before the ball snap, putting yourself in a position to take a lot of that away, and being able to make plays on the football. Josh Jackson's a one-year starter at Iowa, okay? So if you go back and look at his profile, prior to last year, you know how many interceptions he had for his career? Zero. And you're like, ooh, what's going on here? Last year he gets in the action, first-time starter, first time he's got a chance, he gets eight. Now, some of those came in flurries. Remember the Ohio State game? I mean, the ball just came to him as just such a magnet. But he made plays on the football. Long-limbed guy, long arms, that type of corner that you've seen play at Seattle and play so well, that was the reason I fit him there. Now, you're exactly right. If, if we're doing all the rest of it, I think Seattle's looking for a dance partner to get out and drop back. But there's no telling if they'll, if they'll find that one. And I think Josh Jackson fits. I think they could also think defensive front there. Okay, they've got another spot. You know, look, Bennett's gone now. Averill's likely gone, right? Sheldon Richardson took off in free agency. You know, I know Jaron Reed is there, but they still have some, have some needs up front. And that's a big part of what they do on defense as well. Hey, one thing that you could use on the, on the show tomorrow and in, yeah, the next, in the next few days, because this is interesting, and, and all the guys, all the beat writers have, have done this homework, and even our guys, uh, Hugh Millen, a former quarterback, Hugh Millen. I'm sure you know Hugh. Yeah, and he's love, he's love, on our coverage. Him. Yeah, we have Hugh and Tony Softley. And Tony Softley, of course, worked oh, you, with the. Oh, you got those two? Yeah, those are our yeah, two guys, got, and, Mike and, and Mike Holmgren, and Mike Holmgren, and Rob Rang. There's not a radio yeah. station in America more ready for this draft than we are. So okay, here's the deal: when you have the summit meeting next year with all those guys, will you invite me, please, so I can sit and get sure. some of this knowledge? Absolutely, we'll fly out here. We'll we'll treat you. I mean, you these guys class. are big time. We'll have the band. We'll have the. <laughs> so the one thing play March of the Emperor, I love it. The one thing the history, it's real interesting. The history under Pete Carroll in drafting cornerbacks. They have never selected a cornerback with shorter arm length than 32 inches. Never. Yeah, they have a formula. They have, they have a formula. And and Josh Jackson is at 31 and 1/8. Now, I don't yep. know if that says they can't take him. But it's it's just real interesting that when you start it's, looking at the cornerbacks, it's always through thirty-two inch arms. Yeah, it's a heck of an indicator. Yeah. And and teams in the best drafting people stick to their formula and make very few exceptions. So if they make an exception for him, it's strictly because of his ball skills. Right. right? So that's 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 where that comes down. Because you know, when you look around and you start doing it, teams that get away from their formulas, you know what those teams are? High drafting teams year after year, right. lollygaggers. Right. Yeah. We <laughs> see them all the time. <laughs> did, you, did you did you just go bull Durham? Yeah, well, I had to yeah. throw it in there. Nobody likes a lollygagger, <laughs> Charles. Let's be honest, right? You do real. You do realize we lost Skip many many years ago. He died at a very young age. I think I think I think that movie was one of his one of his last offerings see, for us. Gas Charles knows everything. Yeah, well, it's good Especially to actually. Trey, what was his name? Trey Hillman, I believe I it was. Know. But you're gonna and, love and, when and, we and played Skip. Yeah, when, yeah. We, when we sign off, our, our producer Jackson, who you talk to uh, every single time we have you on, he got in yeah, a little Jackson some love today, guys. Yeah, I mean, he, I mean, Jackson, Jackson had a rough day. He did. Well, he you did know he already, the story. Did, did he tell you about it? Because he's telling everybody he got rear-ended on the way to work, yeah. and he's going to sue the guy for ten million dollars. There, there wasn't even a hello. 
Yeah. I get, the phone rang, and it's like, I got rear-ended today. And I was like, who is this? Okay, hold on now. Hold on. I you, said hello. You call and say you got rear-ended today. So, but I want you. different places. For, okay? So, for our so 80s. I don't know who this is. Yeah, for our <laughs> 80s movie clip, as we play every single week as you as we sign off with you, it's going to have yeah. kind of a, a car scene theme to it. So I just wanted to, okay. just to kind of prep you for that. Uh, yeah. Go ahead, Gavin. Okay. I, I appreciate I, it. I've got another football question for you before we get to that. And that is the other big talking point up here, obviously, is people are very excited about Vita Vey and what's going to mm-hmm. happen with him. Mm-hmm. One, one of the, the, the big, big contributors to that great Husky team the last couple of years over at Montlake. Uh, you've got him going to the Redskins with pick 13. Obviously, yeah. with, with that in a mock he could creep into the top ten, and I've seen him in the top ten in a few. Yes. He's clearly going to be a first-round guy. What do you see for the future for this guy? Oh, I, th- I think that the future is, is very good for him because he does play with great intensity. He does play with that great motor. You see him chasing plays down after he rushes the passer. I think he gives you good push inside and that means good pass rush from a defensive tackle. I don't know that his sack numbers are going to be like a Warren Sapps. You know what I mean? That, that great under tackle who made those types of plays. But at the same time, he also holds down things against the run as well. But that push that you want, you may not get to the quarterback, but you change things up for him if he tries to throw the ball downfield. You're right. He could easily creep into the top ten. Look, Oakland is at 10, depending on what happens in front of him. I think he's a candidate there. I know he's a candidate for Miami at 11. Buffalo is going to continue to need defensive linemen. They're obviously we're thinking thinking quarterback there, but if everything goes off the board and goes haywire, Buffalo would consider him there because plenty of us in, in the mocking business have said Buffalo will take a defensive line with one of their two picks. So you name it, he's got an opportunity to go. So you're right, he could creep to the top ten, but if he's just outside of it, I don't think he'll get too deep into it, into the into the teens, I should say. What is for for our fans and and for myself? What what is Charles the deepest position group in the draft this year? I think running backs are extremely deep. Okay, well, I think there's a ton us. of them, and I think that if you go by the formula from what you've seen, and I'm not talking about height and, and, and arms and all that, that big, strong thick tackle-breaking runner that, that, that appears Pete Carroll and John Schneider like? Because you remember when Marshawn was there, who was behind him? It was Robert Turbin, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. I mean, you had those guys with those major league guns going on, right? You had those big arms and, you know, strong and it, it just all the way through, right? And then um, who was it, Kristen Michael? Yep. You know, another rocked-up runner. Well, in your part of the country, there's a kid at Oregon named Royce Freeman okay. who looks like a Seattle Seahawk runner to me. And that, 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 could, that could be into the second or the third round. You know, that's what I'm talking about. Because I still think they've got to find that guy. I feel almost like they've done it on the cheap for a while. Mm-hmm. Marshawn was a first-round pick, folks. You know, sometimes you got to invest in those guys to get them. And I think that maybe a little bit higher in the draft, you might see a runner come off the board for Seattle. Perfect. Well, well, I'm, I'm glad that the deepest group is, is running back. Says that the Seahawks definitely need a running back. All right. So because that uh, Jackson got a little bit of a fender bender this morning, uh, for those who are maybe new to the Charles Davis uh, weekly appearance, uh, Charles and I have a, have a love for 1980s movies. So with that being said, uh, our movie clip this week uh, has something to do with a little uh, car uh, fender bender as well. My brother's going to kill us. He's going to kill us. He's going to kill you, and he's going to kill me. He's going to kill us. <laughs> hey, man, just be glad I had fast reflexes. My brother's going to Make up your mind, dude. Is he going to or is he going to kill us? <laughs> he's going to kill us. Relax. All right? 
My old man is a television repairman. Got this ultimate set of tools. I can fix it. There it is. Spicoli's got oh a God. set of tools. Spicoli. Charles is going to fix it. Ultimate set of tools. Yeah. Uh, did, did I already bore you with the story about Jefferson's brother? Uh, Yeah, you know what? It was a while back, but you, a new you audience. remember that? Yeah, and re- retell That's it. Right. I love it. So so in so in, in a nutshell, the, Jefferson's brother riding with Spicoli in that car, his real name is Stanley Davis Jr. He grew up and became a coach in the Arena Football League. Became a defensive coordinator in Arena Football League. No kidding. And I did a lot of. I did a ton of arena games, and every time I had a game that he was involved with, in pregame, a lot of times the teams is very, very communal feeling in Arena Football because everybody knew they were in it together. So the teams would be out there long before anyone got there, and they'd be sitting in the stands and they would talk to each other. And he'd walk in, and all you'd hear is Jefferson's brother. <laughs> I mean, every single time. And I said to him, I said, "You ever get tired of it?" He said, "Man, I'm so used to it. I don't get tired." You know, he said, "I'm really not tired of the whole thing." It's just, you know, it kind of gives me a little bit extra pop. But I said, "Boy." It's a whole different career than, than what you were going with. I mean, sitting in the car with Spicoli at one point and then screaming at some guy who just got off his motorcycle and is going to play a little jack linebacker for you. It's a little <laughs> bit different situation <laughs> than what you had before. But what I love most about that movie, I think maybe my favorite line in the whole movie was that scene where Jefferson walked by those guys and they're like, Jefferson lives here? <laughs> I thought they just flew him in for the game. (laughs) I love that part, too. Charles, you're the best. Have a fun uh, next three days. I know you're not going to get a lot of sleep. We love having you on. We can't wait to uh, break down the draft and recap it uh, next week with your visit. Looking forward to it. Thanks for having me on, as always, guys. Get Jackson some medical help. And I told him, at worst, put on the neck brace Ted Kennedy wore after Chappaquiddick. And go in front of the judge that way. It's like a that walking a historical treasure. He's, he's unbelievable. All right, Charles. Make sure he throws that on. He's all right, we'll, we'll, we'll catch you next week, buddy. Okay, bye-bye. Uh, there he is. Uh, Charles Davis from the NFL Network. Uh, it's brought to you by Premier Golf. There are 12 great golf courses around the uh, Pacific Northwest. Find one near you and go play a little golf. Speaking of Jackson's uh, rear uh, well, his, his fender I'm bender sorry, today. his what? His I, rear. I Spe- was rear-ending. Actually, yes. save that. Save that. <laughs> Speaking of Jackson's rear. Speaking of Jackson's rear. Jackson got a little fender bender uh, this morning. He's okay. Thank God we have a law firm that's on the payroll. One of our one of our best clients, Phillips Law Firm. The man who runs Phillips Law Firm, Glenn Phillips. The main, again, the main dude. He is going to join us next. We're going to lay out Jackson's case. We'll see if uh, he's got a case. I think he does. And what the next step is for Jackson. Glenn Phillips of Phillips Law Firm coming up next.